0: Welcome to Learning English, a daily 30-minute program from the Voice of America. I'm Pete Musto.
1: And I'm Dorothy Gundy. This program is aimed at English learners, so we speak a little slower, and we use words and phrases, especially written for people learning English.
0: Today on the program, you will hear stories from Anna Mateo, Jill Robbins, and Steve Ember. But first, this report. In Baltimore, Maryland, the news came during Act One of Puccini's La Rondine. Johns Hopkins University students were performing their final dress rehearsal of the production at the Peabody Conservatory. Then members of the university community received an email from the school's president. He was canceling all non-essential gatherings because of the coronavirus. The students quickly contacted their friends who came to watch what would be the show's only performance. It was not the only event Johns Hopkins recently canceled. The school has canceled ceremonies for students who successfully complete their study programs. It also canceled many other events and traditions for seniors, students in their final year. So have many other colleges and universities across the United States. Most of these schools have asked students to return home because of the spread of the virus. Nick Grace is a senior at Endicott College outside of Boston, Massachusetts. He told the Associated Press, or AP, he took one last walk around the grounds of the school before leaving. I've been following the news and it doesn't look like graduation is going to happen anytime soon," said Grace. If we don't have our celebrations, we're kind of robbed of our end-of-year ceremonies. At Peabody, Hannah Alexandra Noyes started crying during her performance in La Rondine. She said it was not because the story they were performing was sad, but because her final year of school was. Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine is world famous and active in medical research on the coronavirus. Johns Hopkins reports that by the end of March, over 140,000 Americans were known to have COVID-19, the disease caused by the virus. As of last Monday, there were at least 2,500 COVID-19-related deaths. As millions of people worldwide have sheltered in place to slow the pandemic, most U.S. colleges have taken action to protect their students and employees. They have canceled sporting events and artistic performances and sent students home to finish the spring term online. For seniors preparing to graduate, it was a sudden end to what was not exactly four years of late-night friendships and all-night studying. And with widespread bans on large gatherings soon to come, many students hurried to create one more memory from their college days. In New York State, Colgate University senior Carolyn Barrett joined other students in an all-night vigil, followed by a swim in nearby Taylor Lake. At that point, it was we either do it this night or never. Tomorrow we shouldn't be doing anything in bigger groups, she said. Other Colgate seniors hurried to give out their torch medals, which honor a member of the school or local community who influenced their time there. Before the cancellations, more than 500 Boston College or BC seniors stayed up all night to watch the sunrise over the Chestnut Hill Reservoir. Louisa McEwen is a senior at BC. She said the past three years have already been difficult for her, so she was hoping this year would be better. Since speaking with the AP, McEwen has developed signs of COVID 19 and remained in her off campus apartment home. It's going to be different receiving a diploma in the mail versus walking across the stage and sharing those experiences with my friends, McEwen said. It is a tradition at Elon University in North Carolina for all first-year students to receive the seed of an oak tree as a gift. Normally the school then gives seniors a small tree to plant at their next home. I wasn't super upset about it, but it's kind of sad that we're the only class that's not going to be able to do it in however long that's been going on Elon Sr. Ari Denberg said, All those things I was planning to do over senior week. It's hard not getting that closure. At Rice University in Texas, students traditionally walk through the school's main entrance, known as the Sallyport, only twice. They do it once during their first year welcoming ceremony and again at graduation. After being told they would likely finish the term online from their homes, senior Christina Tan created a Facebook group to organize an unofficial ceremony. About one-fourth of Rice's 1,000-member senior class took part. People were crying when they saw how many people were there, said Tan. Students were worried the school would oppose the event because of an expected limit on large gatherings. Instead, some professors took part and even Rice President David Lebron came out from his office to take pictures. I was just so moved by the whole thing, he said. There was that sense of sadness but taking that difficult situation and finding something to do that made everybody who is there feel a little bit better. I'm Pete Musto.
2: And now, words and their stories from VOA Learning English. In human history, the spread of infectious diseases to mass numbers of people is not uncommon. Pandemics, historians say, started when we humans began farming land and living in communities. Pandemics increased as trade between communities and nations increased. From smallpox to influenza to the plague, there was often no medical treatment to prevent or cure these diseases. Take for example the plague that hit Europe in the 14th century. It is also known as the Black Death. With no medical prevention available, isolating the sick was the only effective public health defense. With many other pandemics, the best chance at prevention was to keep sick people away from healthy people. This is called a quarantine, and that is our word for today. Word experts at Merriam-Webster explain that the word quarantine has both French and Italian influences. In the late 1400s, English speakers borrowed the French word quarentaine, which means a period of about 40 days. Quarante is the word for the number 40 in French. At that time, quarantaine had a religious meaning. Some word experts say it refers to the period of time Jesus spent fasting, going without food, in the desert. However, over time, people began using it for more than just religious situations. For example, it referred to the delay of putting a legal agreement in place. In the early 1500s, quarantine also was used to describe a period of 40 days in which a widow has the right to remain in her dead husband's house. Around the same time, other city-states in Europe were also using a similar word, quarantena. This word was used to mean the isolation of a ship to protect the port city from potential disease. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention explains on its website that quarantine was first introduced in 1377 on Croatia's Dalmatian coast. By the 1600s, English speakers began using "quarantena." to mean isolation as protection from disease. As the French form of this word was already being used, English kept it, but gave it a new meaning. It was now an English word based on French spelling with an Italian definition and Latin roots. In North America, in the late 1600s, Quarantine was introduced to control yellow fever. The CDC says this was the case in New York and in Boston. That's the word history. Now let's talk about how to use quarantine in a sentence. For starters, it is both a noun and a verb. As a noun, we often use it after the preposition under. If someone is under quarantine, they are required to physically keep away from others. For example, when she was under quarantine, the woman learned how to play the piano and speak simple Russian. The word quarantine is often combined with other nouns. In the news and from government announcements, You may read about quarantine guidelines, quarantine authority, and quarantine systems. As a verb, we can say that some young people in the United States are not fully self-quarantining themselves. So isolation and quarantine are both ways to help protect the public. They both prevent exposure to people who have or may have a contagious disease. And that is all the time we have for this Words and Their Stories. Until next time, I'm Ana Mateo.
1: Jacob Kuntara's wife and three adult children had never seen him without the mustache he wore for 45 years. But the spread of COVID-19 and the restrictions it brought to public life led to a change of face for Kuntara. The family lives in Gilbert, Arizona, a town under a stay-at-home order. On a recent day at home, Kuntara secretly cut off all the hair on his face, and covered his face with a cloth. Then, at dinner, he tore off the cloth, surprising his wife and children with his new hair-free face. Fiona Riebeling of New Haven, Connecticut, took similar action to create a new look for herself, but worked with some unusual tools. Riebeling watched a YouTube video on how to cut hair. After, she realized she had no hair-cutting equipment. So, she searched her home for substitutes. In the end, cooking tools, including a fork and skewers, helped her go from long hair to short. Across the United States, the COVID-19 stay-at-home order has moved many people to experiment with their hair. Online, the movement is called Corona Cuts or Quarantine Cuts. The experimenters know they have several weeks at least before they will be seen in public. That is enough time for most to regrow a haircut that goes wrong. This is the most radical thing I've done ever, said Kuntara, a 62-year-old civil engineer. He acted just one week into the stay-at-home order. He said, I thought, maybe this is the best time to try something. I'm home. We cannot go anywhere. Ribeling expressed the same idea. Being in quarantine takes off a lot of the pressure that you normally might feel going out in public and worrying about your appearance, she said. Riebeling cut her hair while on a video call with two friends, also trapped in their homes. We are limited right now in our movement and what we can do, Riebeling said. She noted that such restrictions can cause fear. To find places where you can feel empowered and make decisions about yourself, your body, how you choose to be in the world is a great way of reminding yourself that you are in control of as much as you can be reebling said ed maudlin is a call center employee now restricted to working at home in indianapolis indiana maudlin said he looked at his full 30-year-old beard and thought i wonder what i look like under there he told the Reuters news agency his office did not plan on reopening for at least a month. That meant it would be only his girlfriend who would see him in person for a while. So Madeline went for extreme change. He removed all the hair from his head and face for a very smooth look. I decided to go with the full all over. Nobody will know said Maudlin. He expects his face and head hair will grow back by the time he is in the office. I figure I will come out of this looking like maybe I need a bit of a haircut, rather than looking like Tom Hanks on the island, said Maudlin. He was speaking of the 2000 film Castaway, in which Hanks stars as a man trapped for years alone on an island, with no connection to humanity. I'm Jill Robbins.
3: Welcome to The Making of a Nation, American History in VOA Special English. I'm Steve Ember. story on January 20th 1961 the day John Fitzgerald Kennedy became president of the United States it had snowed heavily the night before few cars were in the streets of Washington the outgoing president Dwight Eisenhower was 70 years old John Kennedy was just 43 He was the first American president born in the 20th century. Both Eisenhower and Kennedy served in World War II. Eisenhower had been commander of Allied forces in Europe. Kennedy had been a young Navy officer in the Pacific. He came from a politically influential family in Boston, Massachusetts but he was a fresh face in national politics. To millions of Americans, he represented a chance for a new beginning. Not everyone liked him, however. Many people thought he was too young to be president. Others did not like the idea of electing the nation's first Roman Catholic president. Eisenhower's vice president, Richard Nixon, ran against Kennedy in the election of 1960. Many people believed Nixon was a stronger opponent of communism than Kennedy. The election of 1960 was one of the closest in American history. Kennedy defeated Nixon by fewer than 120,000 votes. Now, on the steps of the Capitol building, he would be sworn in as the nation's 35th president. One of the speakers at the inauguration was the 86-year-old poet Robert Frost. The wind was blowing the paper in his hands, and the sun was shining off the snow on the ground and into his eyes. Kennedy stood to help him, but the famous poet was unable to read much of the poem he had written specially for the ceremony. Instead, he began another one that he knew from memory. Here is a studio recording of Robert Frost reading his poem, The Gift Outright.
4: The land was ours before we were the lands. She was our land more than a hundred years before we were her people. She was ours in Massachusetts, in Virginia, but we were Englands, still colonials, possessing what we still were unpossessed by, possessed by what we now no more possessed. Something we were withholding made us weak, until we found out that it was ourselves we were withholding from our land of living and forthwith found salvation in surrender. Such as we were, we gave ourselves outright. The deed of gift was many deeds of war to the land vaguely realizing westward, but still unstoried, artless, unenhanced, such as she was, such as she would become.
3: Soon it was time for the new president to speak. He was not wearing a winter coat or a hat, unlike many of the people around him. One of the issues that Kennedy talked about was the danger of what he called the deadly atom. He was taking office during the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union. Both sides had atomic bombs. People worried that there could be a World War III that would end in nuclear destruction. Kennedy said both sides should make serious proposals for the inspection and control of nuclear weapons. He said they should explore the good in science instead of the terrors.
5: Together, let us explore the stars, conquer the deserts, eradicate disease, tap the ocean depth, and encourage the arts and commerce. Let both sides join in creating a new endeavor, not a new balance of power, but a new world of law, where the strong are just and the weak secure and the peace preserved.
3: Kennedy also spoke about a torch of leadership being passed to a new generation of Americans. He urged young people to take the torch and accept responsibility for the future. He also urged other countries to work with the United States to create a better world.
5: The energy, the faith, My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man.
3: John Kennedy was in office less than two weeks when the Soviet Union released two American airmen. The Soviets had shot down their spy plane over the Bering Sea. About 60 million people watched as Kennedy announced the airman's release. It was the first presidential news conference broadcast live on television in the United States. Kennedy welcomed the release as a step toward better relations with the Soviet Union. The next month, Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev made another move toward better relations. He sent Kennedy a message. The message said that disarmament would be a great joy for all people on Earth. A few weeks later, President Kennedy announced the creation of the Peace Corps. He had spoken about his idea during the election campaign. The Peace Corps would send thousands of Americans to developing countries to teach and provide technical assistance. Soon after the Peace Corps was created, another program was announced. The purpose of the Alliance for Progress was to provide economic aid for 10 years to nations in Latin America. Another subject that Kennedy had talked about during the election campaign was the space program. He believed the United States should continue to explore outer space. The Soviet Union had gotten there first. It launched the world's first satellite in 1957. Then, in April 1961, The Soviet Union sent the first manned spacecraft into orbit around Earth. That same month, the new American president suffered a foreign policy failure. On April 17th, more than 1,000 Cuban exiles landed on a beach in western Cuba. They had received training and equipment from the United States Central Intelligence Agency. They were supposed to lead a revolution to overthrow the communist government of Fidel Castro. The place where they landed was Bahia de Cochinos, the Bay of Pigs. The invasion failed. Most of the exiles were killed or captured. It was not Kennedy's idea to try to start a revolution in Cuba. Officials in the last administration of Dwight Eisenhower had planned it. However, most of Kennedy's advisors supported the idea, and he approved it. In public, the president said he was responsible for the failure of the Bay of Pigs invasion. In private, He said, all my life, I've known better than to depend on the experts. How could I have been so stupid? What happened in Cuba damaged John Kennedy's popularity. His next months in office would be a struggle to regain the support of the people.
0: And that's our program for today. Listen again tomorrow to learn English through stories from around the world. I'm Pete Musto.
1: And I'm Dorothy Gundy.